0: You're listening to Market Boldly, an award-winning podcast for executives, brand managers, branch managers, marketing directors, and sales managers in distribution who want to build their brand, stimulate sales, and drive profits. And now, here's your host, marketing consultant, trainer, speaker, and columnist, Katrina Olson.
1: My guest today is Michael Ivanko, Vice President of Marketing for Reading, Pennsylvania based Fromm Electric Supply. Founded in 1958, Fromm Electric operates nine electrical distributor locations throughout the state of Pennsylvania. Michael Ivanco has been with Fromm Electric since October 2015, almost three years now. Prior to joining Fromm, Michael was marketing manager for three distinct companies operated by Spanko Inc., a leading American manufacturer of overhead cranes, where he worked for eight years. As VP of marketing for Fromm Electric Supply, Michael is responsible for building the company brand, directing its marketing efforts, and leading Fromm's marketing through the digital transformation. And now we're going to pick up where we left off from our previous chat with Michael Ivanko from Fromm Electric. Okay, I gotcha. So some of these uh, challenges that, you know, we've talked about, how have you addressed those at Fromm? And maybe we've answered this question already, but like, let me, let me rephrase that. Because what I'm really getting at is what advice do you have for distributors who are just starting to look into some of these marketing technologies? How should they get started? I mean, they're probably a little intimidated. Uh, they don't, they're not very knowledgeable about them. How do you start to even learn about some of these technologies?
2: I, I would, again, you know, take this as, as my experience. Um, mm-hmm. you know, not everybody's going to have the same experience, but I think the number one thing that you need to do is understand your situation, meaning... You need to have a true understanding of why the marketing technology that you're looking at, at investing in exists in the first place. Right. And what does it actually do for do you? Do for
1: you, yeah. Not just and the shiny object, right?
2: Yeah. Why do they exist, and what are they used for? To me, that's that's so important because a lot of people don't truly understand. You know, some people literally just don't know. You yes. know, Maybe maybe they're a small electrical distributor and they just don't understand this new technology and that's fine because you can learn but to me what the worst situation is is when you have a business owner who thinks they know yeah and they look at something like a crm system and they simply see like a glorified rolodex system right missing like the entire point of crm and what it's what it's capable of doing for their business. So So
1: maybe, so they invest in that technology, maybe, and then they don't use it to its potential or they don't really leverage it in the way it's intended to be used. Is that what you're saying?
2: Correct. And and some of that might go back to the roadmap and the plan and understanding how these technologies benefit your company. But yeah, I think you need to understand first. And then second, uh, I think cultural changes or training are a big challenge because um, I think many companies miss the fact that adopting CRM or marketing automation technology is almost always accompanied by that bigger challenge of needing to transform your company's culture. Yeah. you know, to, to try to put an example to that, if you have a sales team, And they're a sales team that's accustomed to just making their milk run. They go to see the same customer every Tuesday (laughs) at 8 a.m. with donuts in their hand. I don't have any
1: of those. Why isn't anybody bringing me donuts? (laughs) No, go ahead. I don't need donuts.
2: (laughs) But how do you think that group of people is going to respond when you suddenly walk in the room and say, guess what? We got a CRM and you got to start going in and putting notes into it.
1: Yeah, they're going to uh, resist. They're going to uh, well, uprise.
2: <laughs> yeah, they're going to be like, what are you talking about? Because yeah. they expect that, you know, if you expect they're going to take the time to do it, uh, if you expect that they're going to take the time to move job statuses in the sales funnel, like yeah. I got news for you. It's not going to happen overnight, and you need a game plan to shift your culture, not just. And, and my opinion is, remember, CRM is simply automating a process that should already be manual and instant- Institutionalized. Right. So, so to that point, you really ought to build the culture first, and then invest in a CRM. And that's just one example of a marketing technology and a better way to implement it. But
1: I would—I was, I was going to say though—I think it has to be a top-down thing. Like you have to have a president, CEO, whatever, and probably get the vice presidents of whatever—sales, marketing, IT, uh, purchasing. Um, training, whatever. You need to get all those people on board and saying, no, this is how we're going to do business now. But I also think you don't want to just strong arm people either. I think you have to sell people on the benefits. And this is maybe where your CRM provider or your ERP provider or your whatever, that's where maybe they can step in and help you and say, look, and and make it easy. I mean, I think the good companies are going to say, here, we're not just going to give you a product. We're going to help you transition. We're going to train you on it. We're going to show you the benefits so that you will want to use it. Because you know it never especially those of us who are not spring chickens anymore. You know, you can't make us do stuff. Right. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but tell me how it will help me. Tell me how it will benefit me. And tell me how I can make more money or my job will get easier. I think it's really the responsibility of the person who's driving the process internally, and maybe that's the CEO or the president to say, look, this is how we're going to do business now, but let me show you all the great things about it. I mean, don't yes. you think that's necessary?
2: I do, I do. And I think uh, I think it's also necessary to involve the people that are going to be using the technology yes. early on. Yeah. And, you know, that gets to my third point there in terms of challenges would be that you have, people in the company need to understand it's a resource investment. If you're going to make a commitment to it, then you need to make sure you're willing to support the resources to use it so you know in the world of crm that might be a crm administrator in huh. the world of marketing automation that might be hiring an additional person who's going to be in charge of the marketing automation system so yeah. you know, you can't like expect to just like hey we're getting a crm the sales people are going to use it end of story because i can tell you this there is a lot of additional work that's required to use a CRM, but you have to see the bigger benefit of doing that work. And sometimes a CRM administrator helps take that burden hmm. off the salesperson.
1: Is that a position that you see companies, or do you have a CRM administrator or is that you? Is that Michael? Um,
2: I, yeah, we do not have a CRM administrator yet. Um, and just to be transparent, you know, we were in a situation where we got a CRM and we tried to use it right the first time, but we maybe didn't go about, Implementing it properly, that cultural shift the yeah. first time around. I and mean, we're working on that now. Okay. Um, but yes, I have worked for other companies where, as CRM was coming in, it was done with the understanding that we were actually going to appoint a person wow. on the sales team, somebody who used to be, you know, kind of like an administrative assistant to kind of as a, a, a small promotion they were going to be the CRM administrator and they were going to make sure that the notes got where they needed to go and make sure that everything got in there and all the reports were pulled properly. I mean, it can be a full-time position for sure.
1: I can see that. And that's going to ease the transition, I would think, because otherwise you're saying, okay, you know, Mr. or Mrs. Salesperson, now you've got to do all this extra work exactly. <laughs> to make this system that you don't want exactly. work effectively. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you know, exactly. And yeah. so it
2: can, it can really help, uh, help lighten the burden on your sales team to, to think about those sorts of
1: things. Yeah, and you know, I'm a big, and I know you're a big proponent of education. I would say if you're not ready to make the move yet, you know, and this is what I did when I wanted to learn something new, um, like podcasting, and we were talking about just podcasting earlier. I read stuff, I attended free webinars, I attended workshops, I sat in on sessions. You know, just start exposing yourself to it slowly so you can learn the language and learn the benefits and, and become aware of some of the issues. So, you know, even before you're ready to start shopping for a CRM, just maybe expose yourself to it a little bit, learn a little bit, you know, don't be afraid to Ask questions. Yeah, I don't know. That's that's my approach usually. When I when I have to learn something new, I sort of just kinda of sneak in the back door and like look at it and listen. I think, that's
2: smart, actually. I think I think patience is probably a good word to use when it comes yeah. to evaluating and adopting technologies like this.
1: Yeah. And sometimes that's hard for us. You know, like um I, I just when I wanna do something new, part of me just wants to jump in and just start doing it because I it for some reason I think I'll be able to figure it out, but but <laughs> I'm yeah, usually not. Yeah. That's right. You know, it takes a little time. Um, It's funny, on a side note, I remember uh, probably two years ago, three years ago, you know, and I've been a writer all my professional adult life, um, marketing writing, PR writing, you know, content. But then like a year or two ago, I'm like, content? What's this content marketing? I need to learn about this, you know? And now I'm doing it every day. I mean, this is kind of content marketing. So, you know, and sometimes it's just a a new word for something that we've done before. We're going to do it a little differently. You know, content marketing is kind of like the PR newsletters of 10 20 years ago um, but now we're just doing it with social media and digital um, so I want to let's take a break from technology because I imagine some people's heads are spinning um, yep. and talk and talk about some of the other issues that you see marketers in electrical distribution or manufacturing what are some of the issues that you and your counterparts um, are facing today
2: you know that's an interesting question but proving ROI, in the e-commerce age, is a challenge. Uh, you know, it's a, yeah. always been a challenge for marketers, but uh, I think especially in the e-commerce age it is, and especially in the electrical distribution industry it is. Yeah, because uh, it's
1: because, so sales driven. It's all about sales. I mean, we yeah. know that.
2: And, well, and it's pretty hard to justify the the expense that goes into a CRM, or sorry, not a CRM, but an e-commerce. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty hard to say, okay, we're going to go spend $250,000 and like get that money back in the next year or two. It's, it's just, it's not going it yes. to happen. So, you know, it's a challenge, but there are ways to look at it. Uh, you know, one way just in that particular instance to look at it would be, Hey, we're lowering our cost of doing business because we're going to move a percentage of our overall sales online. People yeah. that typically would have been going through our inside sales team and guess what? Now, we don't need to have everybody in inside sales doing what they were doing. doesn't mean you're getting rid of people. It just means you're shifting the focus of what they did. Mm-hmm. But it's lowering your cost of doing business with those customers that you've done business with for however many number of years. So that's one way to look at that message. But getting back to that that bigger uh, question of what are today's marketers facing in the industry? Well. One thing uh, I think that's kind of near and dear to my heart is marketing taking a strategic lead in the organization.
1: Yes. Oh, amen, brother. I am yeah, so you with know, you on that.
2: We one. all feel each other's pain, you know. Yep. Uh, it's. It, I think marketing is more and more transforming and moving from what I would call the art room to the boardroom. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. Strategic marketing, you know, in my opinion, should be viewed as an executive discipline. Yes. Um, I think many companies struggle with that. And I think that's why you still see that traditional sales and marketing executive role uh, where the disciplines aren't separated. And in my opinion, they're two different things.
1: They really Um, are. They need to work together, obviously, but they are two different things. Yeah,
2: absolutely. And and the battle, uh, you know, the battles uphill. I mean, we've faced, you know, people like yourself and, and me have faced battles in the marketing world. And they're frustrating at times because yeah. of the traditional mindset. But I do think it's changing. Yes, I and, do, too. And, you know, it's interesting watching that. Uh, the other the other thing I'd say, Katrina, and this is just a short point, is that uh, outsourcing work versus keeping it in-house hmm. is another challenge and debate that I've had recently.
1: Yeah, we talked about that, didn't we? Because you were really struggling with, like, do I Pull people in house for this? Do I outsource it? And you ended up, you ended up pulling it in house. And how? I mean, how do you feel about that decision? And is that work? And that's not to say they're mutually exclusive either. You may find that you can only do so much with your internal people or by hiring. And maybe you need kind of like when you when you talked about CRM consultants or technology consultants. Maybe there's only so much. So it's not a black and white decision. You know it, it's not- It's not, it's not one or the other necessarily.
2: Yeah, everybody needs to assess their own situation. But, you know, what I learned was that while an outsourced agency can function as a, you know, let's say a content provider, let's use that example, Uh the learning curve for them is huge. Yes, and you are paying them to learn your business. Now it might be different for some, an expert like you, Katrina, because you know the electrical industry inside out. So yeah, well, I'm getting there. I'm you working might, on you it. Might be <laughs> one of the, the anomalies, but um, <laughs> they, there are benefits though, too. You know, they have a bigger team. Um, yes, their their whole team uh, will have to learn though, and there will be misfires. And essentially, you're paying them to learn your business, which kind of
1: right. You know, it's like painful. It's a little painful at first. Yeah, it is. Yeah.
2: But, but my personal opinion is I'd rather pay someone sitting here in my culture with access to my subject matter experts who's not just learning the industry, but learning about my company, who we are, what we do, how we're evolving. And I think having someone close to the epicenter at the end of the day, in the example of the content person makes that content richer. And I think it's going to be more on point quickly, more quickly. And, um, you know, depending on what an agency charges, it can be cheaper at times. It just depends. I mean, you really have to look at those things on paper.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I should probably make that another article topic, you know, sometime soon. Like, should you outsource or should you hire? And do you have to make that firm choice? Because I think, you know, I'll tell you, I I mentioned earlier I'm working with a new – actually, I have maybe – at least two clients like this right now, where I'm sort of, uh, and I'm, I guess this is a plug, but they have maybe they have a new young person coming into their business or somebody who's been there for a while. One of them is somebody who's been there for a while, but she is transitioning from being sort of a sales support order taker. Her new CEO president wants her to be more of a strategic planner and leader. And she's excited about it, but she's like, I don't have anybody to show me how to do this because nobody's done this before in this company. So it's kind of, I enjoy it. We just started working together. And so we're meeting once a week and I already sort of know her industry and she really knows her business. And it's like a contractual agreement for three, six months. We're doing six months where we're just going to work through this together an hour a week. And, and then hopefully by the end of the six months, you know, she'll be ready to like, just take off. So it's kind of a coaching, mentoring, training function. And we had a really great first meeting. I really, and I I won't say who it is, but we, we really enjoyed working with each other. So that's where I say, I think there are some hybrids here. If you, have somebody who maybe they have the industry experience and they're just sort of learning your culture, you may not need anybody from outside. But if you have somebody who's maybe new to the industry and you want to get them up to speed, I think it is really important that they be resident, that they be there with you, you know, and learning from you. But I think there's some value in maybe bringing in some outside experts as well. Sure.
2: Yeah, I feel like I really do believe every organization has a different challenge. But, you know, like for From, I outsource all of our creative work. So all of our graphic, oh, really? all of our graphic arts work, that sort of thing I outsource because in my opinion, I already have a spec. I have a brand spec. Yeah, So okay. as long as I agree to an agency with that brand spec, all I need is somebody who's capable of functioning design to that brand spec. And, yes. and as long as they learn that, you know what I mean?
1: That is really smart. That's a great idea. And, you know, good graphic designers, they're not too hard to find. There are a lot of really talented people out there. And like I said, if you have sort of a brand manual or your brand specifications, say, here, here's sort of what we need from you. Here's the content. Put it together. And then you can tweak that as necessary. But that's a very smart thing to outsource. I think, like you said, the content is a little harder to outsource because there aren't a lot of people. Like you said, you spend a lot of time just getting them up to speed on your industry and explaining to them, first of all, what electrical distribution is and how it works you know but i think that's i think that's very smart that you're outsourcing that creative work
2: yep that's that's uh, what we outsource
1: yeah, I think this plays into another discussion I wanted to have with you, which is historically in electrical distribution, I think, especially in smaller companies, and even in some medium and larger sized companies, it has been sort of like a one or two person shop. Right. Well, we're getting beyond the point where one person can have the skill set to do the creative and the analytics and the right. strategic planning yep. and the writing and the design. You know, it's just it's just those people right. don't no. exist, no. I don't think. And if, if they do, they are unicorns and you better pay them yeah, well and hold exactly. on to them.
2: <laughs> well, that, and you know, business owners need to really understand that if you think that you can have one person who's going to cover all your marketing needs, you're, you're in a sense making a, a vote for subpar marketing because it's just yeah. not possible for one person to effectively function in every marketing capacity that needs to happen these days. Um, Now, now if you're small, if you're a real small organization, that's one thing, but if you're a large electrical distributor, and you have multiple suppliers you're servicing, and you have multiple locations, there's so many facets to marketing in that world to be successful, very difficult for one person to do that on their own.
1: You know, I guess I would liken it to building a house. It's like, okay, I'm going to hire somebody to build my house and I want them to be a plumber and a carpenter and an electrician and a cement mixer. (laughs) Right. Well, and it's very
2: difficult. I mean, there are some people who, you know, I guess you could, you have that mantra, they're good at anything, but how good can you really be at something if you're constantly having to multitask and move from one thing to the next, you never are able to focus on one thing very well.
1: Awesome. And how do you, how does one person have the time to do that, to do all that, adult, that is the other issue. Adult. Something ends up You're right. falling behind, suffering. And
2: lagging and suffering. That's true. And that's just the reality yeah. of it. So.
1: And I've been in these one person or two person positions. And I think it's really important for CEOs and presidents and vice presidents to understand that, just to know that one person cannot do everything. Mm-hmm. You need to give them, you need to empower them with either the tools or the training or the time or the consultant's or whatever to help them do their job. I think one person can manage that. The right person can manage all that, but they can't physically hands-on do all of it. You know, it's just
2: it, it's just too much. I agree. That mindset of the one person managing everything is again a symptom of the traditional approach to marketing where marketing is the department that makes all the brochures and puts flair on everything. Right. And if that's all they're going to do, Well, then maybe one person can handle it. But if you want a true strategic marketer, especially one that's going to make recommendations on a marketing technology stack, then I'd recommend you have more than one.
1: Yeah. And I'm going to give April Braun another shout out from Warner Electric. She said, you know, we've been a marketing drive through. Now we want to be, we don't want to be the drive through anymore. And so I stole that, April, by the way, if you're listening.
2: I love April. She's, she's, isn't she awesome? She's got so so much knowledge and uh, And energy. That's a great statement. Yeah. Good. Yeah. She's good. She's great at marketing.
1: Yeah. So I stole that and I, I, I'm reprinting my business cards cause I just rebranded. And so I'm doing um, things on the back of my business cards, like little sayings and quotes and stuff. And one of them is um, market uh, marketing isn't a drive through. It's a five course gourmet meal. So April, <laughs> I took your comment and expanded on it, but it's true. If you want to do it right, it's not a one shot drive through. It's a five course meal and right. you plan out the meal and you say, what are we going how are we going to start and how are we going to finish? And what's going to come in between?
2: Well, well, that's how the meal tastes good and, and pleases your guests. I mean you, I you have you yeah. have to take the time to do it, otherwise you're just picking up fast food and everybody's gonna feel well I
1: <laughs> Okay, we're just gonna work this analogy to death. We're gonna this is gonna I'm gonna start putting this in every article I right now. And by the way, yeah
2: <laughs> All you was a picture of a McDonald's meal. And then a gourmet, well-cooked, you know.
1: Yes. And say, which would you prefer? Yes,
2: Exactly.
1: (laughs) You know what? Speaking of which, okay, we need to do that first of all. You and I need to put that together and do, I don't know what we'd do with it, but we need to.
2: That'd be like a good opener for like a presentation you do on PowerPoint or something. You're right.
1: I'm totally going to use that. I have a presentation (laughs) coming up for... Oh, it's for the wood flooring people. It's for, I'm going to totally use that. I'm going to do a graphic. Speaking of graphics, I found out by cyber stalking you that you started out in graphic design with a degree in integrated arts. And now you're working on your MBA, which I know you're, you're just starting. You're two classes in.
2: Yes, I am.
1: But having worked with graphic designers for the last 30 plus years, I am super impressed because what you started out as is a very right brain creative function. And now you're doing all this. And I I am very familiar with MBA programs. I did not do one. I looked at one and I actually even started and I was like, oh my God, I don't want to do this. I hate it. I'm out. Because <laughs> it was gonna cost me forty thousand dollars. I was just starting my agency. This is years yes, ago. Yes. And I'm like, I can't, I no, I can't do it. And I was one of the very I've only quit like two major things in my life and that was one of them because I had to cut my losses and get out. But then I got my masters in media communication later, which I did enjoy. Anyway, I remember I had to do like a weekend of accounting to get caught up to speed. I had to take a math class oh. and I had to do a weekend of was it? I did math accounting and something else. I can't remember, but it was unpleasant. That's all I remember. Yes. And it's very much sort of a, a left brain analytical thing. And I'm just so impressed that you're doing this.
2: Well, I, no, I appreciate that. I mean, it's been a challenge, to be honest, because, you know, growing up, I was always uh, complimented on my creative side. Um, mm-hmm. You know, that that's what my my family always said, oh, you're so creative. So and creative, just, yeah. Yeah, you know, that's just kind of the pathway you kind of get moved into. Is Right. Oh, you're 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 a creative type. But, you know, I've always, in all honesty, always kind of been a mix of a left and right brain person.
1: That's perfect. Kind of
2: right down the center. Yeah. And uh, I don't like the logical math stuff too much, but I don't like the creative stuff too much. I'm somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Uh, so you kind of always feel like you're not quite fitting anywhere perfectly, you know what I that's mean? That's okay, but, though yeah yeah it is but um no i mean it's it's challenging but at the same time it's rewarding Um, i actually like the idea of people reserving their educations until they get to a point where they really value it yes i think that's one reason why executive mba programs or doing your mba after you've worked in the professional world for a little bit and kind of found Mm -hmm. your niche I think yes. it's so much more rewarding then because you really want to absorb the knowledge.
1: Yeah. And um, you're a better student, aren't you?
2: You are. Well, because yeah, you care about it and you realize you're paying thousands of dollars. <laughs> but <laughs> the, uh, you know, so there's a little bit of pressure there, but right. um, the, you know, the other thing I will say about that is you got to love the, the knowledge because yeah. I have looked at this on paper before, and I think you probably can make an argument that depending on where you're at in your career, an MBA doesn't necessarily mean a bigger paycheck anymore. Yeah. And, uh, but it
1: makes you better at what you do. Don't you think it it'll does. make you better at what you yes. do? Yes. Yeah.
2: yeah. And that's, that's what I'm saying. You have to value the knowledge yeah. uh, if you're going to go that route because it can be stressful. Yeah. Uh, it can be a lot of late nights writing papers and reading. And yeah. it can be a lot of lonely weekends staring at textbooks and <laughs> your screen. It uh, it depends what you want to do. But um, yeah, it's rewarding if, if, if you're at a point in your life where you can appreciate it.
1: So I'm going to make a plug here. Um, Last year, uh, in 2017, at the end of the year, and then again in early 2018, I offered a marketing planning, an eight-week marketing planning course where I walked people through the marketing planning process, gave them homework, which they didn't have to do, but I think they did for the most part. Um, So I think I'm going to do that again very soon, probably starting in um, Probably September. So that's for anybody who wants to learn how to do marketing planning and wants to become a strategist rather than an order taker or a drive through. Um, keep that in mind and I'll start promoting that on LinkedIn and Facebook and some other things really soon. Um, So what other advice do you have for marketers who, who want to grow in their jobs, you know, or maybe get a better job or grow in their field?
2: Uh, you know, that's a that's a great question. Um, I think it's just important to stay in tune yeah. with the uh, the industry in general. And when I say industry, uh, I mean, marketing, Yeah. uh, and, yeah. And I mean, I think it's important to stay in touch with marketing in the electrical industry. And, and, you know, I Certainly. do that through organizations like AD and regularly having phone calls with my peers who have my same job title so that we can share challenges, That's smart. uh, you know, but yeah. I think bigger than that, you know, I think it's uh staying on top of, um, having your, finding a place to put your finger on the pulse of what's happening. And yeah. for me, that's talking to acquaintances, uh, using tools like LinkedIn to stay in touch with people that I know work closer to what's new and what's hot. You know, one of my some of my best contacts that I have are friends who have jobs as account managers or leaders in digital marketing companies. Oh, smart. They're literally like on the forefront and they're talking about stuff that's so far over my head. <laughs> you know, They're talking about stuff that like, you know, they say, you guys got to be doing this, got to be doing this. And, uh, you know, we might not see it here in this industry for three years. So, right. Yeah. You know, but it's, it's at least important to understand what's going on and what's happening. And what's and, coming
1: in the future. Yes.
2: Yeah. So find yourself, you know, a good podcast like this one. Oh, thank uh, there's you. There's tons of podcasts out there. Uh, I don't know if you guys uh, have ever heard of some of the other marketing podcasts, like Marketing Profs.
1: Oh, I love them.
2: They have yes. they have some great web uh, podcasts on their website. I don't think that Marketing Profs web series or podcasts are available in iTunes, but you can get it on their website. But one guy that is in uh, iTunes that I enjoy is Marketing Over Coffee with John Wall. I don't know if you ever heard of
1: that. No, I haven't. I'll check that out. John, can you spell his last name?
2: Yeah, W-A-L-L oh wall okay yep. john wall um marketing over coffee is a great podcast that discusses current topics and things in marketing and things that we can okay. relate to and i think just staying in touch with the industry in some way like that can go a long way in just helping keep you in the loop as to what's going on and how you can maybe help your business
1: yeah you know we had talked earlier i think off off mike about books and how, how nobody reads anymore i mean young people don't read i think some of us still read um so i mean if you like to read and you prefer that medium you know but the, the crazy thing is and the challenge is by the time a book on say marketing technology comes out it's probably outdated a little bit don't you think that's
2: exactly right i mean you know in the old days when philip Kotler was hot you know like maybe that was the time to be reading books but you know yeah you can find everything you need online i mean i'll tell you the, right. other, the other place that i find a lot of marketing knowledge is on youtube oh really oh yeah whether it's um whether it's ted talks or some other expert um you know a lot of people have vlogs where they're sharing yeah. information and and now what's amazing about that is a lot of those vlogs that used to be dedicated to youtube are now finding ways into like linkedin because oh LinkedIn, yeah it allows you to record live video Um, So there's some really cool things that are happening with that. I mean, I know there's a guy that I really respect in the SEO industry that does a great LinkedIn video once a week. And um, that sort of thing is really interesting to me because he's engaging me where I'm at when I'm networking and thinking about marketing. So,
1: you know, that's funny. I don't I I traditionally don't think my kids do, of course. I traditionally don't think of YouTube for learning things unless it's like, how do I find the fuse box in my car? You know, it's because my thing, like, something
2: doesn't work anymore. You can learn anything on YouTube. Like, literally, <laughs> like, if you can dream it up, there's a video about it. Like, yeah. you, literally almost anything's on there. But I think that that cross-functional marketing where, you know, it was something that they would have put on YouTube a year ago, and now they're putting it on LinkedIn in your feed. Like, pay attention. Yeah. And spend some time reading your, your news feed in LinkedIn if you're yeah. connected to a good network of people. That's just another argument for why you should be on LinkedIn, because you can hear what people that have authority in the industry are saying and talking about.
1: All right. So I should probably let you get back to your real job. So <laughs> <laughs> this is my real job. Yeah, so, lucky um, yeah, I know. I'm so blessed. We talked about job. I'm so blessed. I am so lucky to be doing what I'm doing and, and I enjoy it so much and meeting people like you. Um, any final thoughts or advice for distributors or manufacturers before we kind of sign off?
2: You know, I would just say that, uh, you know, keep challenging yourself as marketers, it, it can be tough sometimes, you know, in industries like the electrical industry because it's yeah. not always, you know, most people don't look at the electrical industry and say, ooh, that's exciting.
1: Right, it's um, not very sexy. No, yeah.
2: it's not. But at the same time, you know, if you have a passion for marketing, um, you know, just don't be afraid to put yourself out there to put plans on paper to, you know, sometimes you have yeah. to be willing to fail to succeed. And yeah. um, you sometimes you just have to try things, but uh, yeah. there's never been a better time for a marketer to be in the marketing world, we have more tools and knowledge at our fingertips uh, more quickly than any generation has ever had. And so you know, get after it and do great things.
1: Yeah, well, good for you. I'm I'm so excited that we connected. Um, so Michael Ivanko, thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule at From Electric Supply for in Philadelphia. Me. Yeah, you're that. welcome.
2: I'm gonna I'm gonna be a future podcast uh, fan.
1: Well, good. And I'm looking forward to maybe hearing or seeing some of the stuff you're doing.
2: Yes, absolutely. I, You know, in, in a couple of years, I sh- you should see a completely transformed organization. So uh, looking oh, forward exciting. to sharing that with you.
1: Great, thanks. All right, my guest today was Michael Ivanko, Vice President of Marketing for Reading, Pennsylvania, based from Electric Supply. Uh, if there's a topic you'd like to hear covered on future episodes, contact me through my website at katrinaolson.com. That's Katrina like the hurricane and Olson with two O's. Um, this is your host, Katrina Olson, empowering you and encouraging you to market boldly.
0: You've been listening to the award-winning podcast, Market Boldly with marketing consultant, writer, and host, Katrina Olson. If you need help with marketing planning and strategy, writing, content development, or qualitative research, or if your organization needs a trainer or speaker for a meeting or conference, visit KatrinaOlson.com for more information. Find this and future episodes of Market Boldly on Katrina's website at KatrinaOlson.com or subscribe on iTunes or Google Play. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on Market Boldly.